Can we humble our hearts in a word of prayer? Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that we can gather around your word. We thank you for that savor you sent. We ask that you would refresh us this morning, that you would pour your spirit into the speaker and into each of us, that he would be given words and strength and the ability to bring forth a message for each of our hearts. We ask that you would lead us in our communities, lead us in our nations, that you would give us leaders who would look to you. We ask that you would give us faith and trust and hearts that would turn to you for leading and guiding, for answers. We ask that you would bless this community, that you would bless it with a hunger for your word, and that you would turn hearts to that need of Christ and for salvation. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <coughs> we continue with number 20.
so everybody got blown in this morning. It's not that cold, but it sure is windy out there. I was thinking of that song, the first song we sang when it says that Jesus, or Emmanuel, gives us victory or the grave. And I, I thoughts go through my head that it's it's a it's an empty feeling when you are at a at the side of a, gra- a graveside service or that where you don't know where the people were when they passed, and, and it's a feeling of joy to stand at a graveside where you know the people believed, and we we I guess I guess in that way we think of the grave as a as a kind of a dark and and bad thing, but. But when a person is believing, they've won, they won victory or the grave. As we, as we sing in that one song that, about Jesus, that the grave could not hold him. Death could not keep his sway. For, the, for a text this morning, I'm going to read a familiar portion of God's word. As there are so many, so many beautiful stories. In the word, story of of Zacharias and Elizabeth, and how it was that John the Baptist came into this world in a miraculous way, and we see the the weak side of man here, and we see the the powerful powerful side of God, what God is able to do. So I'll read here from the fifth chapter of Luke to the 26th, and then I'll read some toward the last of the chapter. Lots of reading. Starting with Luke, first, first chapter of Luke, the fifth verse. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah and his wife, was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because Elizabeth, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, it was his lot to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall return to the Lord their God. And he shall, be, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, and turn, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just." to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. 
The angel answered, answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. I am sent to speak unto thee, to shew thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be, be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and he marveled, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked upon me to take away my reproach among men. And then starting with the 57th verse, I'll read through to the end. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed, showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, No, not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child is, shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he, he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his shoeing unto Israel. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be multiplied unto each one gathered here this morning and even forever. Amen. I know I've spoken on this before, and maybe it was a good thing COVID came along, because it's been a few years now since I've taken this. But these stories are 
so good. And hopefully we have them kind of branded into our hearts, minds. This world offers nothing for us concerning our, our eternal life and destination. And this word this word is is uplifting in that way that it gives us us hope. And we we read about these things and read about the, the miraculous things that have happened to different people and how the power of God comes out in these things and shows us people people that aren't familiar with this word and, and don't spend time in this word they have, they have no understanding of, of how this can be dear to us but we have been given faith and understanding on these things and, and not that we understand it all for sure we don't and we pray that this word could be open to us in, in ways that each of us may have needs or or things that we're dealing with or just need encouragement in faith, whatever it may be. So it starts out here. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Albiah. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Zacharias was a priest. And it says they had no child. And they were both now well stricken in years. I'm sure they had prayed about this in those days. I guess when we... When we compare this modern day and age to those those days they lived in, we don't think of it as a, a curse for a woman to not be able to bear children, not in any way, but in those days it was they suffered reproach, it says, when they didn't have they weren't able to bear children. And it says here that this this was the case with Elizabeth and, and she and Zacharias, it doesn't say how old they were, but it says they were well stricken in years. And it came to pass, while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, it was his lot to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. I looked into that, and I, I'm not a, a very studious studier, so... But it looks like this burning of incense is, is something that God, way back in Moses' time, gave to the people. And they were to mix certain sweet herbs, it says, and burn them. And any, anybody that, that mixed in anything but that, he, he gives them a recipe how to, how to mix these, this mixture of herbs. And then they were to burn them. And... It, it seems funny to me that that a natural burning and, and smoke going up would would meet the nostrils of God someplace up there, but that's that's the picture it gives, and the the sweet smelling incense that is burned is a 
and maybe there's more depth to it than I know. But but it's a it's a picture of of us receiving from God and giving back praise and thanks that way that that this is this is what he wanted us to do. So Zacharias is in the he's in the in the back room you might say burning incense. It says his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. So he's in there and it says there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. This altar of incense way back in I think it was Exodus I read. It was a it was a fairly big uh, it wasn't really a pulpit but it was it was ordered to be built by expert craftsmen and and uh, had certain well, a certain size probably bigger than this pulpit here maybe twice that size anyways they were to burn incense there so they find this he finds this angel standing on the right side of the altar of incense when Zacharias saw him he was troubled and fear fell upon him he had probably done this for years and years and all of a sudden something different is happening and, and he's troubled it says fear fell upon him the angel says fear not Zacharias for thy prayer is heard and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shalt call his name John it doesn't give us any indication at this point that he he didn't believe what Zacharias was saying but later on we see that that his his ability to speak is taken away because because it says thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their in their season the Zachari- uh, uh, angel doesn't say anything at this point Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither strong, neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother, mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. If we turn to, I think it's um, the first chapter of Mark it talks about here it talks about John coming into this world it says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ the son of God, God as it is written in the prophets behold I send my messenger before thy face which shall prepare the way thy way before thee the voice of one crying in the wilderness that, that's a quotation from Isaiah Isaiah felt like he was as, as we say these modern times we say you feel like you're, you blew into the wind when you spoke to somebody and it made no difference what, the, what, what you said didn't seem to make any difference or they didn't even hear it but this is what, what Isaiah said of his ministry and, and maybe, maybe only at times maybe, maybe there were times when when he felt it wasn't that, but it says the voice of one crying in the wilderness. John felt the same way, and and we know he was a powerful preacher. There was 
masses of people came to hear hear him speak. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem, and all were baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. John was clothed with camel's hair and a girdle of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. We see that quotation from Isaiah, and then when it when it speaks of this, there's there's scripture to say that that's that's the way that uh, not Isaiah, but who's the other prophet? That, um, Put down the 450 false. I get the two. Elijah. I get the two mixed up. Elijah. Elijah was that great prophet, and and Jesus says that that Elijah would come before him, and I guess people thought that that he's going to come back from the dead, and Jesus explains that. He's talking about John. He would come in the spirit and power of Elijah. Elijah spoke to a, a disobedient and gainsaying people that we hear that I, I think of the time he spoke to Ahab and Ahab Ahab knew something about Elijah and and he sort of accuses Elijah. He said, Are you the man that's troubling Israel? There's, bad things befalling Israel. Are, are you the one that's causing it? Elijah puts it right back to him and he says, no, you're the one that's causing it with your worshiping of, of false gods and, and, his, and his wicked ways. And then, of course, we know that the time when Elijah put the, was it 900 prophets to the, to the test that can, can your God deliver like my God? And it seems like seems like it was almost almost too much for any man to to put forth that one man against nine hundred, you might say. We we see that their God their God couldn't deliver like like Elijah's God could deliver. So Jesus said John would come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He wasn't talking about Elijah being reincarnated and and as we see here Elijah was a he was a different sort if you've seen him he dressed differently and he ate differently and here, here John it says he did the same thing in, in his physical sense it says clothed with camel's hair and a girdle of skin about his loins and he did eat locusts and wild honey and preach, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Remember when Jesus came to, to be baptized of John, and John says, You're coming for me to baptize you, knowing it should be the other way around. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus says, Suffer it to be so. Let, let, let it be that you baptize me. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth, Galilee, and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit 
like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So, so John, John witnessed that. Or John the Baptist. John, John and Jesus grew up in the same period of time and, and under the same circumstances. But here, the angel Gabriel tells Zacharias, that he would have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and she shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And we see that, and I bring it up probably often, that how, how when, when Mary conceived seed, Elizabeth was six months along, after she conceived seed, and Mary went to live with Elizabeth for a time. And when the women greeted, in the, Mary entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. And she goes on and she's, she's praising God. All these things ha- hadn't happened yet when Zacharias is is uh, approached by the angel. He shall go before him, meaning John would go before Jesus in the spirit of Elias, and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So John had a had a quite a quite a road to walk. And and in in the natural sense, we we think that it's not fair then that he lost his life in such a terrible way. But John said that he has to decrease and Jesus has to increase. He wouldn't have known how it was when he was gonna, how he was going to leave this world. Zacharias said unto the angel, "Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years." The angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak to thee to shew thee these glad tidings. And and behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in in their season. The people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. Apparently this wasn't normal that it took this long for him to come out. And it says that they perceived that he had seen something in there, seen a vision. When he came out, he could not speak to them, and they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his administration were accomplished, he departed into his own house. And after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked upon me to take away my reproach among men. Similar to 
to uh, Abraham when Abraham and Sarah didn't have any children and, and she was was at 90 and he was 100 or 99 and, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen I'm sure they prayed about it and had for many years and they even had, she even had a child by or Abraham had a son by Sarah's handmaid and, and it turns out his son was not blessed that move was not blessed that move has has changed history so drastically that we can't even comprehend it, the descendants of Israel today so Christians make mistakes and Christians make mistakes that God doesn't bless it's easy to do but then Abraham's and Sarah's prayers were answered and this child of promise Isaac came along and we know that in Isaac all the world would be blessed because Jesus came forth from that line so it's a, it's a similar thing as, as what happened to Zacharias and Elizabeth so then we go on to that last part of the chapter there it talk, in between there it talks about how Mary conceived seed and went to live with Elizabeth and many of those, many of those things and, and it's good can speak on that some other time but we see that the fullness of what happens with this story here now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered and she brought forth a son the angel told her that they will have a son first he first he tells tells them that she will conceive seed which is impossible at their age by, by their understanding and then he tells them that they'll have a son. And here it says that they did. She delivered a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her. And they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child. And they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. John had been told by the angel Gabriel that his name would be John. Or Zacharias was told that his son would be named John his mother answered and said not so but he shall be called John and they said unto her there is none of thy kindred that is called by this name and, made, and they made signs to his father how he would have him called and he asked for a writing table and wrote saying his name is John and they marveled all so here a miracle takes place I guess it was a miracle when he lost his his ability to speak says he became dumb and he had to just give people hand signs hand hand language you might say so they made signs to Zacharias how how would you call what would you call him they asked for some kind of a writing tablet writing board or slate or whatever it might have been 
He asked for a writing table, it says, and he wrote, saying, His name is John, and they marveled all. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed, and he spake and praised God. If his heart was not in the right place when he lost his ability to speak, it was in the right place now. The word talks occasionally and maybe you could say even often about different individuals who are filled with the Holy Spirit. It says of it says of Elizabeth here in that in that where where Mary and her greeted one another, it says Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And here it says that Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost. I think we've all felt that to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And it's at times like that when we can't we can't say something bad. We can't curse somebody. We can't speak evil of someone. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost does not direct us to do that. It's the old man that directs us to do those kind of things. His tongue was loosed and he spake and praised God. The first thing he says is praises to God. Fear came on all that dwelt around about them, and all these sayings were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child is this? Shall this be? And the, and the hand of the Lord was with him. I think of, of another instance when uh, Joseph of old was sent to, sent to Egypt. Before that, his brothers, they, they didn't seem to have much of a Christian spirit. They had no use for him. And when he told them about his dreams, all they could think of was me bow down to you. That's not going to happen. And, and, and things like this, you know. David takes those older brothers of his some food out in the battlefield and, and they accuse him of being too young to fight, but but old enough to get in on the battle and, and maybe go home unscathed. That's, that's kind of what they accused him of. This, this comes from our, our carnal thinking, these kind of things. But when it, when it speaks of Joseph of old there, when, it, when he told his parents to dream, it says that they, they didn't make fun of him. His brothers made fun of him. But the parents didn't. didn't. And it says that they... They took these things to heart. It's it's like they filed them away in their heart and in their mind and their conscience. They wanted to see what what will become of this. Well, we see then how how his dreams came true. The sheaves bowed down to his sheaf and things like that. And we see that these things came true years later. And it says of, of Mary, when she found out about that she would conceive, it says she, she took these things into her heart and pondered them. 
with our with our carnal understanding we don't we don't see it that way we want to we want to make some judgment on it make fun of it right away it seems like So Zacharias is filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesies, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. We sing that song, and there's scripture to back it. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared, meaning Jesus, and the soul felt its worth. The soul of the unbeliever is basically dead. As the father in that story of the prodigal son says, this my son was dead. Dead in trespasses and sins, Brother Dick used to say. Between John opening the way for Jesus and then Jesus coming and preaching the message of the the gospel, people's eyes and hearts were opened up. And they came to be alive. And and we see that Paul says that I was alive without the law once. He thought he was alive is what it is. But the commandment came and I died, he says. His heart and his conscience were stricken. It's, It's an interesting thing. So Zacharias is prophesying here and saying what will happen. And he doesn't say John is going to do this, but John opened up the way for Jesus to do the work. He hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. I think, I think those prophecies in the Old Testament the children read sometimes, and I can't turn right to it, but, but it says that People in darkness saw the light. And Jesus is the light. And it, and it says of John even. Oh, I think I could probably find that. First chapter of the Gospel of John. Sixth verse and on it says there was a man sent from God whose name was John the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe he was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world he was in the world and the world was made by him this is speaking of Jesus and the world knew him not He came to his own, and his own received him not. I believe that speaks about the Jewish nation. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory Glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. 
And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. These are the things Zacharias is praising God for. Between John and Jesus, light came into this world. Jesus is the light, and John prepared the way for for people to receive this light. That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant. There's many times in the Old Testament where the history of the children of Israel traveling and, and, and then into their kings and those those times if they would only only return to God his grace is there in abundance return away and the blessings fall fall away return to him and the blessings come in great abundance even blessings in this life but of course the greatest blessing is that we have hope of eternal life when this life is over the oath which which he swore to our father Abraham God says to Abraham I will be your God and you will be my people in one sense we we kind of find that offensive some of us we, we like to think for ourselves the problem with that when we think for ourselves we always turn the wrong way Always turn away from God. Allow God to be your God. And be his people. Be happy for it. That he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. There's a place that says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's fearful to the old man. It's fearful to the flesh. It's another realm we don't understand. To be thankful, we don't have to understand it. We're, we're encouraged and asked to believe it. Believe this word. God will bless you. serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life <clears throat> and thou child shalt be called the prophet of the highest for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins we read in depth in Hebrews of how the blood of bulls and goats can't attain anything for us they're they're of no value but they were in the Old Testament times in place to remind us that one has to die and shed its blood shed his blood for us the animals gave their lives and shed their blood it was a a picture of Jesus coming hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of years later and they believed he would come John preached, it says, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. It's sin that separates us from God. The more sin, 
we have in our lives, the further from God we'll be. Our sins are forgiven and we come back immediately. We attend the mercy of our God, whereby the day spring on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. David says, 23rd Psalm, that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But I rod on thy staff to comfort me. That's this world. That's the wisdom of this world. That's the entertainment of this world. And these things that we can we can become attached to as we as we go through this world. This world is the shadow of darkness. To give light to them that sit in darkness. We need enlightenment. This word gives us enlightenment. I just read there how, how John isn't that light, but Jesus is. And to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. And of course, as we go through the through the Gospels, we, we read about the, the life of John <coughs> and the death of John and how it was that Jesus came came forth and began to preach after that. The true way of salvation. John apparently grew up in the deserts, a rough life. And when he when he came to preach, I'm sure there were people that didn't want to hear that. They probably knew something about him. He's a, a rough looking character. But he spoke the truth and he spoke of power. And he spoke of, of Jesus as we read there that that I'm not able to and it says unloose his shoes or unlatch his shoes and I I guess if, if somebody can enlighten me more, please do, but I think it means in, in today's language that we I can't fill his shoes. I can't I can't be Jesus. I'm not gonna be Jesus and I can't be. But I'll tell you about him. I must decrease, but he must increase, John says. May these words remain with us to bless our hearts and our lives. One of the many stories, beautiful stories about about Jesus and this word has for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we receive the benediction? May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Somebody have a song? It was going to be a Christmas program, but
Bible study or you guys If there's not going to be a concert or have somebody to let them know what's on the door, Thank you. 